Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Working class on DeerCast. Here we are. This this is a podcast I've been wanting to record for a while, and it's kind of cool. It worked out real quickly here on our day. Um, Mr. Alan Probst is joining me here via Zoom. What's up, man? Not much. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks for doing this. Um, Mark Jury and Cuz kind of got us introduced to do this podcast, and I was talking to Mark Jury about it. I'm like, this might work out perfect because we're in the middle of doing – um, a series of turkey-related episodes that are is launching soon, and trapping is one of the things that got brought up that could help the turkey population, uh, you know, with ground nesting and stuff like that, which we'll get into. Um, but man, NorthAmericanTrapper.com, I was on there poking around earlier today, and you're like the man for trapping. It, it seems like. I appreciate that. That's uh, there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of great things, and uh, it's it really what it's come down to is the education process. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to educate how you can use the Duke Dog Proof or the 550 or you know different trapping devices to actually help your ground nesting bird populations. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of studies that have been done, and they've shown that uh, you know turkeys are getting you know, harassed a lot more than people think on, on the nest. And, you know, if you have a raccoon or a possum or a skunk or something finds a nest, they're going to destroy it. And, you know, sometimes they're even taking that plus one, they're taking the hand that's actually on the nest. So we're trying to educate, we're trying to show people how easy it is. Mm -hmm. And and not only is it that, but it extends your hunting season. Mm -hmm. It allows you to be out in the outdoors and, and you're getting the benefit of helping your turkeys, your grouse, your ducks, Duck, your quail, all those different things, you know, and the studies have shown that pretty much every nest raider, predator, the raccoon, the possum, the skunk, those that you take out of the population, you're saving one and a half to an average of two nests Mm 
per critter. So wow. if you have a yeah, if you have a piece of ground that's a hundred acres, five hundred acres, whatever, and you take say forty raccoons. 10 possums and skunks, you got 50 critters right there. Mm-hmm. Now it's not all turkeys, obviously. There's other ground nesting birds, but you're going to save the turkeys too in that process. You're saving 50, 60, 75, upwards of possibly a hundred different nests just in that brooding season alone. Wow. Which tells you right there that you're going to be able to see uh an effect of that as as time goes on. Yeah, that's amazing. That's an incredible statistic. I didn't realize it was that powerful. Um, trapping is something that I've always thought about getting into. And I think a lot of hunters think about it, especially when they see coyotes running through when they're trying to hunt deer and coyotes on their trail cams every night. And and a lot of deer hunters, I think go, I want to get into trapping me personally. I think coyotes, I don't necessarily, you know, raccoons, possums, other small game like that come second in my mind after coyotes, because it's easy to cuss coyotes when when you're a hardcore deer hunter or turkey hunter. Um, but Mark Jury and I talked about this. I think that raccoon season needs to be 24-7, 365, similar. Not, you know, it's not 24-7 always for coyotes. I'm, I'm at, in Illinois. But I think coy- uh, raccoons should be that way because there's so dang many of them. Um, so if someone wants to get into trapping because they might see these the coyotes and the raccoons and the possums, just the insane amount of them that there are, what would be mm-hmm. like the first steps they could do to kind of getting into something like this? You know, there's really not a lot of equipment that's needed, uh, especially to go after the raccoons in your nest raiders. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, the Duke dog proof is I equate it with them. Um, if you're going to take a kid fishing and your first time you're taking them fishing, you're not going to take them out on the ocean, go tuna fishing. You're <laughs> going to get a bobber. You're going to get a little Zebco, you know, a worm, and you're going to go out there and you're going to, you know, get bluegills or sunfish or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're going to have some success. I kind of equate that in the trapping field when you are looking to get a kid involved or you're starting out the Duke dog proof is a fantastic device that's going to allow you to go out there. And if you're setting those on sign, whether it's raccoon tracks, possum tracks, skunk tracks, whatever, you're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. And there's more work that goes into catching coyotes. You have to have a little bigger equipment. You have to have a little more equipment, but Mm -hmm. to get your feet wet and get started. And what we've done at North American Trapper on our YouTube channel We've set up a beginner series. So oh, if, you sign on, if you sign on to our North American Trapper beginner series or our North American Trapper channel and look up the beginner series, we have, I think, 11 or 12 different segments. And we're adding every week to that. Like the first segment is an overview. The second segment, we go into like trap preparation. Mm-hmm. Then we go over the actual traps and trapping equipment. Then we go yeah. over bait and lures. So it's a step-by-step and each one of them is only about maybe six to eight minutes long because we don't want to bore people, right. but we want to get as much information to them. So mm-hmm. that's a good place for somebody to go start. Um, we actually at the website, you said you're on there today. We have starter kits. They're specifically set up. We have our kits. The kits are named farmer, rancher, and hunter. Mm-hmm. And the hunter specifically for the turkey hunter, or the, the you know, the ground nesting bird enthusiast, we have that set up where you get a couple dog proofs. You get a couple steaks, you get a bait, you get a lure, and, and it's the minimal equipment to actually get you. And we're getting people started for $99, which you know, wow. it's it's really something that 
uh, you know, is near and dear to me with the North American Trapper vision, that's what we want to do. We want to educate and we want to get as many people involved. And what you get is the, the great return of the outdoor, uh, you know, tradition, mm-hmm. but the ground nesting birds are actually reaping a lot of benefits of it too. Yeah, I'm still pretty blown away by that statistic because, you know, upwards of 50 something nests for however, you know, many animals you trap, but that's not, that's nest. That's not counting the actual animals that are going to be like out of the hatch or however you want to word it. And when it comes to coyote hunting, I, I hear a lot of, uh, I don't know if I really want to call them misconceptions, but everybody's got a different opinion. You know, you hear like, well, if you want to make an impact with trapping coyotes, you got to trap 50 of them before you make any sort of impact. I hear that a lot. I hear that, you know, one or two dogs isn't going to do anything. Shooting one or two dogs in the off season isn't going to do anything. Um, is there any truth to any of that? Do you have to hit a certain number? That's There is truth to that, to where you're you're not going to – uh, you know, have a thriving deer population. If you only take out one or two coyotes, if you can take 40 or 50 coyotes out, you're going to take a lot of pressure off of yeah. the specific herd that's in that area. But I look at it differently too. Uh, I look at it like if you're taking one out, if you're taking two out or you're taking whatever you can out of the equation, I can guarantee you that that coyote's not chasing a deer. Right. I guarantee you that the two coyotes that you skinned out and got tanned or whatever, they're not harassing any turkeys for sure. So, so I, I, I do see that point and, and there is a truth to that statement to a certain extent that if you really want to go after them and, and you do take a lot out, then you start to see a, a much bigger impact. Yeah. But as I said, I go back to the, the other end of that spectrum where uh, if you've got a couple coyotes out of the equation, I can pretty much guarantee you they're not harassing any of your native species. Right. That's probably the better way to look at it. Right. You know, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's probably the way everybody probably should anyway. Um, I think, yeah, trapping in general will be rewarding. Something I've never done, something I've thought about a lot. Um, But, you know, I'll get on your guys' YouTube series and watch that. That might make it seem much more attainable and, and able to tackle it at a beginner level and then eventually maybe graduate into something where I'm wanting to trap coyotes consistently. I'm glad you just brought that up the way you did attainable. Mm-hmm. I think there's been a big misconception and, and, and really it's, it's, it is a misconception that trapping's hard and, and, you know, Oh geez, there's so much that goes into it that I, I don't even want to try it. Yeah. yeah. That's not true. We have tried to, with our vision at North America travel, we've tried to simplify it. And, and we have, we've, we've got it nuts and bolts to where we're showing people how you can pretty much be ready to go with a few simple techniques and you can go out there and, and catch these animals. A great example of that is there's an 82 year old gentleman, in Tennessee. He's a friend of a friend. And the, my good friend had said, Hey, you know, we're going to send you some traps down or whatever. And, and he started trapping within a week. He caught his first coyote, he caught his first bobcat. He's taking nest raiders out of the equation. This dude is completely ate up with it. Now mm-hmm. it gives him something to look forward to. He's got a little piece of property. It's like 12, 14 acres, but he's out there and, and it gives him a reason to get out there. And, and this guy had never trapped his entire life. Mm-hmm. Eight some years old and he's out there doing it um, within a week. And, and, we're, we're trying to show that everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, down here, 
uh, in Mississippi with Cus Strickland. And last year I got the great opportunity of taking his grandkids and showing them how to trap nest raiders. Very cool. I'm, I'm in Pennsylvania a couple of weeks ago and I get a clip from their mother and, and she sends me this clip and, and little cranky 10 years old, he's out there doing it by himself. <laughs> that's and, awesome. And, you know, and he's filming himself. It's something anybody can do. And that's what we're trying to do. But I, I like that you brought that up uh, because I think there's been a big, big misconception that it is hard and it's, it's, and we're trying to destroy that myth when it comes to that. Yeah. I, yeah. I think judging by what you've said, I mean, I, you're probably already doing a good job. I'm going to look into it. You know, this already, just this conversation is pressuring me into wanting to do some, I'm really just tired of seeing raccoons on my trail cams, but, <laughs> but I think it'd be cool. You know, um, I live in Illinois and there's a property I hunt that has a lot of bobcats on it. And I know, I, I don't know the logistics because I never trapped. I haven't got into it yet, but I know there's a way we can trap bobcats here. And I would love to do that. I got to look into it. Right. But that you're, might open you're up. Allowed, a, you're allowed one. Well, allowed uh, one. They I, give away 500 tags in Illinois and you're allowed one bobcat. You have to uh, get that tag through the lottery system. I was just in Illinois at Rocky branch outfitters. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know who they are down in Southern Illinois. No, no, not and familiar. I was trapping coyotes and nest raiders and stuff for their property. And they're good friends of mine. And, and when I was there, I was there for about eight nights. I had to let four bobcats go. So there's a lot of bobcats, uh, in Illinois. And I hope that they it's getting use the, the data that they're getting to maybe allow people to take, you know, more than just the one of the 500 people that get to tag. Yeah. It seems like the last two or three years about everyone I talked to is like, I've never seen Bobcats, but now I'm seeing a lot of them. Like I, I, and that was the same way with me. I saw my first Bobcat ever in the wild a couple of years ago. And then now I see multiple a year. Um, I, I'll have to send you a video of what I filmed. I had a real big, I believe a big Tom Bobcat. I think it was a really big Bobcat. I'll text it to you. You tell me, you'll know. Um, but 20 yards, you know, and I just can, I can't do anything about it. I'm just watching this beautiful they're cool cat. They're really cool. Almost oh, kind of eerie watching them move around. Uh, animal so how all right how do you let a bobcat out of a trap because that sounds miserable to me well you know i there's catch poles it's called a catch-all pole and and you have to actually be very careful with bobcats because they have a very soft throat larynx region mm -hmm. and you can shut them down pretty quick so you kind of need to get their arm one of their arms in that uh noose when you get it around their neck and get that arm in there to take that pressure off the neck and then you just got to be careful watching watching their claws when you go in and and, and unset the, the jaws to let his foot out. But the traps that we're using, I'll make that point real quick. The traps that we're using now, these animals are not injured. Uh, mm. You know, there's no breakage. There's no cuts. You know, when we let them out, they run away. Mm -hmm. I let all the gray fox go I catch. I don't kill gray fox. They're, they're, they're my favorite animal on earth, and I'm, I'm not going to – harvest that animal because one, I think they're just awesome. Two, they're not worth anything. The fur market is pretty much completely abysmal across the board. Mm -hmm. um, but three, there's not as many as there used to be because the coyotes have chased them out and killed them and things of that nature. So I want to no. keep those, those Fox, uh, you know, populations at least where they're at. Yeah. Uh, but the, the best way to let them go is, is to, 
get a catch pole and be careful with that throat region. Okay. That's good. I'm glad I asked that. And then leading in the next thing, I think the other misconception, there's probably a lot of misconceptions about trapping that I'm not even aware of that you probably hear on a daily basis that might make you cringe. But I think everyone thinks old school Disney cartoon bear trap, like with the claws. And it's just like, you're done once you get your hand caught in it. And that's not the case. I'm assuming no, I mean, the traps that are on the market now are, uh, they're, they're restraining devices mm-hmm. they, where they hold the animal. Um, they're offset a lot of times they have bigger, uh, cast iron jaws, which is more, uh, area to cover the, the animal foot, which it's not a smaller area, which is going to pinch harder. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very efficient. Uh, the dog proof trap actually catches them high on the arm. Uh, and you can pretty much let any animal go from these traps and they're fine. Now, you know, I don't know. I'm from, I'm just a Yankee from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. When I come down South, I'm just amazed at all the loose dogs that are running around. So <laughs> in Illinois, I had to let dogs out of my traps in Missouri. I had to let dogs go out of my traps. The one was a pit bull. I was more scared of the pit bull than he was of me. I think. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> right. But, uh, I let him go and he was fine. And, and the thing is you let him go and they look at you and they kind of stick around. Cause they're like, Oh, thanks buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, but they're, they're not hurt. They're not, their feet aren't could, uh, you know, all cut up and, and things of that nature. So it's a testament to the traps that are on the market. There's no traps with teeth. There's they're they're not maiming devices. One of the other big myths, you know, truths that's out there is that trappers just go and set their traps and they leave the animal there to suffer. Mm-hmm anybody that has trapped or will trap knows there's a lot of hard work that goes into it. And it's, it's, it's not something that, you know, you're going to go set traps and then not go check your traps. Actually checking your traps is like Christmas morning Mm -hmm. every time you go and check. So every corner you drive around or every, you know, little set that you're coming up on, it's, it's like, what do we got? What do we got? And it's always that every time. So, you know, you try and, get people the information you try and get them the facts and if you know you mentioned uh the traps but you can look at any of the traps that we offer uh on our website or anywhere on on the internet and you'll see they're they're restraining devices not uh not maiming devices yeah that i think it's good to cover that at least you know and it's it's just a pressure hold essentially right it's a pressure hold and, you know, don't get me wrong. The animal's probably like, well, that hurts a little bit, but yeah. they're, they run away and, you know, a day later, they're completely back to normal. Uh, yeah. It's not cutting their foot off. No. And it's, it's not. And, and they're really quite honestly, most animals are going to get caught at night and, you know, you're going out and checking your traps at daylight or seven, eight in the morning, nine o'clock, you're through your whole line. Most people are going to be able to be through their whole line within a couple hours. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, most of those animals aren't even in the traps for more than six to eight, 10 hours a lot of times. So yeah. they're not in there three days, you know, five days, 10 days, which people would have you think. And, and the traps are, like I said, they're, they're very uh, friendlier now than they were. Obviously um, there's what was done was called BMPs, which is best management practices. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of agencies and other trappers and things back in the early late nineties, early two thousands actually did these and tested all of the different traps on the market and actually recommended the ones that, that are, you know, falling in line with their best management practices. Mm-hmm. And, a lot of those traps uh, are the traps that we use and the traps that we've uh, 
you know, through the years have used in every one of our sets. And, and that's exactly I'm glad you touched on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important too. And, and another point getting into trapping, I think that the access to ground and the permission to trap on more ground. If someone's like, well, I don't have a lot. I, there's a lot of hardcore deer hunters that I think if you went up to them or old farmers and said, Hey, can I trap raccoons? Can I trap coyotes? I bet you nine out of 10 would be like, yes, please. Especially yep. guys that are trying to manage deer that might have a coyote problem. Uh, it's like, yeah, come on in and trap as many as you can. I bet you the access to permission or to property would surprise a lot of guys. Absolutely. It's like clockwork. If I'm in Illinois or a Missouri or somewhere and, and the landowner lets somebody know that I'm in town trapping or whatever, it's like clockwork, two, three, four, five different landowners like, Hey, tell them to come over and trap my property. There's just not <laughs> enough time in the day. Yeah. Um, you know, so there is plenty of land out there and you mentioned deer hunters and stuff. The one thing about taking some of these necessaries out of the equation, you're going to save yourself a lot of money too. You're going to save yourself money on your deer corn that you're feeding. You're going to save money on farmers. You're going to save money on crops. Batteries um, on your trail cams. <laughs> batteries on your trail cams. You know, like if you put a 50 pound bag of corn out and you got six, eight raccoons hitting that every night, they're eating half your deer feed. Mm -hmm. So you're literally spending half of your money feeding the, you know, nature's, you know, marauders, uh, instead of the, what you're trying to do with the deer or the turkey. So, you know, you're going to save yourself money as well. And, and if you are looking to uh, get some traps, you're going to pay for your traps in short order by mm -hmm. the amount of feed you're going to save. Yeah. It all, it all is going to even out quick when you look at Quickly. it that way. What, what's your favorite thing to trap and why? Uh, I, I, you know, I like trapping anything. I, I cut my teeth back when I was a real young kid on, on, on the water. I love mm -hmm. trapping beaver. Mm -hmm. um, with beaver trapping, though, it's, it's literally the, the one that takes the, uh, you know, most energy and strength because, you know, the beavers and you carry blocks and, you know, mm -hmm. the sets. You can't just throw them in quickly like a dog proof. But I love chasing nest raiders. I love going on a farm and telling, you know, a farmer or whatever that, hey, we're going to help you out. We're going to. We're going to take some of these out of the equation. And actually, I got a chance to uh, film uh, in Illinois with a, a farmer and her husband. We went in there and I went around their property and I said, well, this is where I would put them. This is why I would put them here. Here's your travel way. This is where da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And we put out 12 sets uh, the day I was there and we went and checked them the next morning. They had nine coons. Wow. So they, they completely were ate up with it uh, immediately. And, you know, when it comes to other uh, critters, there's nothing better than going up and having a coyote in your set. Yeah, you know you're going one, you're going one on one with the pretty much wildest animal out there, and you got him to put his foot in a two inch circle. Mm -hmm. He can go anywhere on earth, and you got him to put his foot where you wanted him to in a two inch circle. That's pretty cool and when you put it that way. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and 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 anybody can do it though. Like I said, it's not rocket science you're going to be able to go out there and do that and when you do catch your first coyote or your first bobcat or whatever it's it's a good feeling and i really quite honestly that's our whole vision that's our mm -hmm. that's our brand we want everybody to uh experience that feeling yeah i'm already thinking of ways just you know i live in the country and i have a little couple acre chunk of woods by my house but i mean raccoons out the wazoo and i'm already thinking you know my daughter's pushing three years old uh, my son's not a year old yet, but that's a good way to get them into the outdoors or into this 
right in the backyard. Like, I don't have to wear them out with a drive and packing them up to go somewhere. You know, we can do this around the farmer's field around my house, which he'll appreciate and definitely let me do it. Um, But I mean, yeah, that's a good way to get my kids more into it and into the lifestyle and realize what's going on around them. Yeah. You know, when you're when your son and your daughter get a little older, when they're in that five, six year old range, when they really understand what, what's going on, they're going to wake up in the morning and be dragging you out of bed, just like they're dragging you to the Christmas tree. Yeah. They want to go check those traps. Yeah. And, and you, you know, as I said, and you've said, you are doing a service for the farmer. You are doing a service for the ranch. You're doing a service for yourself and you're doing a service for the ground nesting birds. When you can take some of these out of the equation, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of travels uh, you know, out there. Now the fur market is not good. They're very seldom ever hear of anybody taking a coon dog out anymore. Um, it's, it's a different ball game. Uh, there's plenty of critters out there and, and I'm just happy that, uh, we're, we're making some inroads and we're teaching people how it can be a beneficial uh, process for everybody in the hunting community. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, another thing I want to talk about is uh, North American Trapper on Sportsman's Channel. Mm-hmm. So you guys are kind of everywhere. You guys are making this. I mean, you're doing it right. Like you're making it a, attainable, available for anyone to capture this information and get the equipment and get out there. But uh, talk about the show a little bit. Uh you know, I've been doing television since 2005. I ran on the Sportsman Channel, Pursuit Channel back in, you know, the early 2000s to the teens. Uh, I had the opportunity. I, I uh, f- filmed for a lot of people. I produced uh, Bob Walker's Sportsman's Outdoor Strategy Show from Walker's Game here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started a trapping show in 2010, and I, I really wasn't, you know, I wasn't able to, you know, take it to the next level and really probably didn't understand how to do that as well. Uh, and that ran under the F and T's, uh, label up to a couple of years ago. And then I branched out on my own. I said, I want to do this. I'm going to bring my brand back. Uh, North American Trapper has been around since 2003. That's always been my passion. That's what I started with, uh, from day one, mm-hmm. I moved back from Orlando, Florida to, Pennsylvania in 2003 started North American Trapper did a lot of different educational videos back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see them now and I'm like, well, that's 20 years ago and I'm <laughs> really young and skinny there. <laughs> but uh, the the show runs on the Sportsman's Channel. Um, we run our showcase, uh, which is an informational piece. We run that on Pursuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our YouTube channel. Um, so we're trying to get as much content out there. Uh, in that education process. And it's, it's great to, you know, have people like yourself have us on and, and give us a platform to, to reach more people. And, and I just think it's something that everybody can do and everybody will have a great time doing it. Mm-hmm. And the positives of the activity with the turkeys and all the other things and the extending of your hunting season, getting you outdoors, doing more outdoor activities and just the tradition of trapping, you know, the trapping settled the West, the beaver trappers are the ones that map the West. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just an overall uh, mission of ours to get as much education to people as we can. Mm -hmm. I think it's great, man. That's a good point too. It's like, it's how people made their money. It's how people ate. You know, it's, and you see a lot of these other, uh, I guess, 
you know, pioneers of the industry. Like I know Tom Miranda started trapping and a lot of these, these, uh, what, what I would consider like living legends of our industry, um, mm-hmm. started out trapping a lot of times. Um, so that, that's always something to think about too. You know, it's, you know, it's basically what America was based on at the beginning of everything, you know? Exactly. And, and being able to be out there and go, well, I call it going one-on-one with nature. Mm-hmm. Man, when you're out there trapping and, and you are going to learn so much, you're going to learn from your mistakes. You're going to learn from your successes, you know, following a track in the snow, watching what a mink does, you know, following a track for 300 yards, you'll learn more about mink and mink habits than you could ever learn in a book or a, mm-hmm. or a DVD or, yeah. or listen to somebody like me talk on a podcast, just seeing how these animals move and stuff. Uh, there's a, 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 an extreme value to that uh, as an outdoorsman mm-hmm. that will make you a better hunter. That will make you a better fisherman. I believe, I believe the next time you're in a stream, you're going to be, you know, if I was a trout, I'd be in that little pocket right there. Yeah. So I just think the things that you learn and you see over time makes you an overall better outdoorsman. Yeah, it's like a different angle of thinking about how animals do things, mm-hmm. you know, with the deer. I mean, I, I similar, but a different angle too. like a deer. You're trying to predict where they're at and get ahead of them or intercept where they're going. And yep. with a coyote, I'm not the most experienced coyote hunter, but I'm just trying to call at them. Well, when you're trapping, like you said, you're trying to get them to step into a two inch circle. Mm-hmm. You got to elevate your game on where you're putting that trap. And it, it just takes it to another level. You're looking at it from different areas. Um, and, you know, I don't even know where to start. I, that, that's a whole nother podcast in itself is probably like setting up a trap in a certain spot specifically for a coyote. I'm sure yep. you could do a whole hour long podcast on that alone. Um, and probably Location is key. <laughs> loca- yeah, it's gotta be, you know? So, and I'm sure you guys cover a ton of that on North American Trapper on your YouTube and on the show. Um, so I encourage people to go there and we'll put that link in the episode description so people can check that out. So, man, I appreciate you doing this kind of last second, but I'm glad it worked out the way it did. I'm glad you had me on. Uh, You know, I love talking about trapping and, and, you know, if, if we can just reach one more person, uh, that's all the better. So it looks like I don't even have, you can, I I think we don't even have to run the podcast. I've already reached one person. You're going to be out there doing this tomorrow. (laughs) I'm going to be on your website looking at what I can buy so I can get my kids out with me in the backyard. So we'll figure something out there, but it sounds like you're in Illinois quite a bit. Um, you gotta, you gotta look us up one of these days and we'll have you in studio and we'll do a full length, regular working class podcast over a couple beers I here. To. I would love to. So you're welcome anytime, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks. Anything you want to plug, feel free, um, where people can find you on social or anything like that. No, just, uh, you know, if you go to any of our social mediums, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, North American Trapper, where everything is pretty much under North American Trapper. If you search out North American Trapper, we're going to come up. As I said, we got that beginner series for anybody out there that's just looking to to learn about, you know, what to do. That's what that's set up for. And mm-hmm. if anybody needs any products, we, you know, we love to have your business set at our website. But if you just go to our YouTube and you want to reach out to us, we'll be more than happy to help you in any direction as well. If you have any questions, shoot us an email. I get a lot of emails, a lot of times asking me a lot of questions from A to Z. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know the answer, I will find somebody that can get the answer for you. So, but yeah, just research and 
uh, North American Trapper. That's pretty much where we're at on all of our socials. Very cool. I'll link as much as I can in the episode description. Make it easy on everybody. I appreciate it. So, guys, if you're watching or listening, go look and, and look into the stuff. Um, but, no, Alan, thank you so much, man. It was great meeting you. I look forward to having you in the studio where we can do a, a really long-form type episode here soon. Um, so thank you for doing this, man. Thanks for having me. Everyone, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. You know what to do. Go shoot a giant, and we'll catch you on the next one. Later. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.